What is up, movie lovers? Hey, how you doing? No, this is a little bit different for the start of the podcast, but I just finished editing, and I found some kind of cool stuff I'd like to share real quick. A little bit of fun facts. Did you know that both Elijah Woods and Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers were in Back to the Future 2? And that Flea was also in Back to the Future 3? I had absolutely no idea about this. I was just looking some stuff up about Elijah Wood. Strolled across that. was like, wow, that's kind of sweet. So anyway, just a couple fun stuff. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get back to our regular scheduled programming now. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Amped About Movies podcast. I'm David, and today Colin, Andrew, Hunter, Chad, and I will discuss the 2017 offbeat dark comedy, I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore, which is currently available on Netflix. This movie was written and directed by Megan Blair and stars Melanie Linsky and Elijah Wood. A quick plot synopsis for the uninitiated. When a depressed woman is burgled, she finds a new sense of purpose by tracking down the thieves alongside her obnoxious neighbor. But they soon find themselves dangerously out of their depth against a pack of degenerate criminals. There will be spoilers in this podcast, so we highly recommend you watch the movie before listening. Next week, we will be watching There Will Be Blood, which is currently available on Netflix. Finally, I want to give a quick shout out to all our listeners in Seattle, Washington. We appreciate you taking the time to listen in, and we hope you enjoy. Now, to hand it off to Colin. What did you think about this movie? Thanks, David. Great use of the word burglared. Bur- burgled? Well, I can't take credit for that. I, I copied that off of IMDb. Yeah, but... <laughs> um, Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, anytime. Like a wordsmith, a word poet, like a, a Billy Shakespeare. That's yeah, me. This movie was fun. Uh, I think there is a vein of movie. Uh, we talked about this before we started filming. Um, a lot of contemporary critics saw this movie and kind of line the humor in this movie similarly to Fargo and also in Bruges, which are both fan favorites of mine. Yeah. And I can see it. I feel like it's not, I wouldn't say like the atmosphere in this movie is on the same level. However, I do feel like the tone of it is very similar, which made it very compelling. I think the characters were very interesting. This movie definitely felt like it was made on a smaller budget but it was it felt like a bottle episode in like a tv show where they were like well how creative can we get with very limited amount of circumstances and it was very linear it's a very like a macguffin type movie where it's like oh find the laptop go to this shop because that's where the laptop was like oh that was the shoe however i still feel like it was very fun and it flowed very well and it was very organic and it's its structure and the characters are all very interesting the humor was very good. I wouldn't say it was like the best movie I've ever seen, but I definitely had a good time. The hour and a half flew by. And I don't know. I, I think especially in this current atmosphere where people are generally apathetic about how they treat each other, I think it is a cool smaller commentary on that. And maybe it is worth, you know, trying to treat your the people you're around like a little better. Even though it's ironic throughout this movie, and maybe that's the reason why it's such a black comedy, the fact that every time they try to do something and make headway in her ability to like reclaim her stuff or find 
some karma, she <laughs> hurts everyone around her, which is yeah. funny. But I think overall it was a, it was a fun time. I couldn't name any other actor in this movie other than Elijah Wood, and Elijah Wood did not act anything like himself that I envision him to be. Uh, like Hunter said at the beginning of this, he's angry Frodo throughout this, and I thought it was great. <laughs> but yeah, overall it was a great time. In closing, the best actor in the film, the dog Kevin. Ooh, yes. Kevin was a very good dog. Not even, not even close. He was amazing. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Colin. All right. We'll hand it over to Andrew. What did you think about this film? I liked it, but I had kind of mixed feelings about it. For every good thing that I liked about it, it felt like there was also um, some examples of things I didn't really like in, in the same category. There were some parts that I laughed a lot at, and they were really funny. And there were other parts where I'm like, I kind of tell that they're I'm trying to make a joke here, but I think it's kind of fallen flat. Mm-hmm. I felt like at some points it had poignancy, and at other points I felt like, yeah, they could have gone deeper, or like, I don't really, I feel like this is kind of an underdeveloped idea. I didn't love the amount of violence. Not that I'm like against violence, but it didn't seem as, I don't know, like it, it felt like a little over the top at some points and it didn't feel as like yeah. much of a product of like suspense the way it is in like Fargo, kind of like Colin mentioned. And I was like still, after it was all said and done and after sleeping out for a night, I, I still feel like a little confused about the messaging of the movie, mm-hmm. which, you know, maybe we can clear that up in this episode mm-hmm. or discussion. But I, I felt like the whole movie was trying to convey, like, hey, you know, people t- treat each other like dog shit, and, like, we shouldn't do that. But then I feel like in order to get what she wanted, she had to, like, retaliate, which I feel like is kind of against what the movie is, like, trying to convey. Yeah. You know, like, she, like, she didn't get anything by, like, being nice to people, you know? Yeah. Well, um, see, I, I totally agree with you that on that. I, I absolutely hated that when i watched it and now that i've been like really trying to think about what i could glean from this movie it's coming to me that you know there are a few other ways you could look at that like for example maybe the reason so many people are quote-unquote assholes in this movie is because other people are assholes to them you know the same way ruth becomes what her environment fosters the way that you know, all the people around her are mean to her. She becomes mean to the little girl and starts saying curse words and like putting talking about violation while she's reading a bedtime story. That's not a very nice thing to do for a little kid, especially right before they go to bed. And naturally, the kid like screams for her mom because it's like so weird and messed up, which is funny. But like just the the that kind of gives you an, in, an inkling that maybe the other people aren't as bad as she thinks they are. And she's only seeing a slice of their life where they were bad and mean to her. I mean, the guy at the bar was like the last straw for her, and he wasn't even that bad. He just kind of spoiled the book. I mean, he was pretty nice, was chatting, wasn't even trying to hit on her or anything like that. He was just being a nice guy. I mean, I thought he was a little weird, but still, like, he wasn't trying to be a jerk or anything, and he just happened to be an inadvertent jerk. So uh, maybe what I'm thinking is maybe she just kind of depressed and she's talking about she felt like she was in a whirlpool and maybe that's the reason why her lens is so warped is because she can't yeah. get out of that funk so she thinks everything's super negative even though it might not be and we're just seeing it through her own perspective 
Right, right. And so like I that kind of got me. And then on another on another note, there's the idea that like Tony, who is also a total weirdo and also kind of a jerk to her in many ways, is unintentionally being a jerk to her. Like he's just kind of in his own world and he's not paying attention. So he leaves poop on her lawn on accident like every day and it just kind of takes care of itself. So a lot of it's people being jerks because of their environment. A lot of it's people being jerks on accident. And then finally, there's there's there is a little bit of redeeming hope in that they bring up the idea of church. And I think church is often overlooked in our world today. I think for some good reasons. I mean, you know, religion has been a roller coaster over the past couple hundred years of history. And as we know from the movie Spotlight, there hasn't been a, some some things that have come from religion have been markedly terrible. But I think that there's also that idea that religion can bring hope and organize a community for good. And that is the bright side of this movie that that they kind of allude to. So I don't know. You want to keep going, Beard? Yeah, I mean, I, I think those are those are good points. And yeah, I kind of I thought about that, too, about like how. Oh, I forgot his name already. Elijah Wood's character. Tony. Tony, yeah. He like took he like took her to church at one point and then like she went back later on at the end of the movie. Yeah, so I, I thought like that was kind of an interesting plot point. And also, like it was funny at the end when like they made you think he was dead, but then yeah. and they like made him look like he had a halo and it was like all angelic, but yeah. And he was just like the light or whatever from the grill. Um that was pretty yeah. funny. And I like yeah. that kind of continuity. Um but yeah, I think the only other thing I wanted to mention was that like I, I I didn't really like the the villains in this movie. Like I didn't get their motives. They were just like what like petty thieves. Like I like I didn't really get it. Like and again compared to Fargo, where like they they like very clearly laid out like what the motive was for like all these crimes that were happening, right? Like. William H. Macy was like in a pinch. So he had to like pay off some people to kidnap his wife so that he could get the bail money from like her rich dad and like, you know, yeah, this and this and this. But like for these guys, they just were criminals. <laughs> like I didn't really get why. Yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> and I, I also will say that I was very disappointed with the character development of the kid who, you know, he seems like he's going to be like the villain of the movie. He's, he like goes to a party and beats people up and he he's the one who robbed from her and like you see his shoe and everything and then at the end she just like accidentally kills him and he gets hit by a bus and it's like whoa okay that was funny in a way but also dang like that that kind of just went nowhere I, I don't get to know anything more about this kid we just know that he's like a delinquent you know i i listened to a podcast recently about fairy tales and children's stories and they were talking about like how the the perception of like what the message should be at the end of the story has kind of changed over time for a long time kind of like what we think today right good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people and like your outcome at the end of the story is like reflective of like what you do right but then there's like other stories that like kind of don't follow that and especially like back in the 17 and 1800s where like sometimes it's like totally inconsequential, right? Like some people will like do a bunch of bad things and then we'll end up like fine at the end anyway, actually kind of like Chinatown, right? That's a great that, example. That kind of like breaks the mold where like, even though Jake was like trying to do all these great things, like it didn't amount to anything at the end. And that's opposite of what we would expect. And it was kind of like that in this movie too. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I definitely want to come back to that thought. 
Hunter, you seem to be enthusiastic about talking about that character. What did you do? What did you think about this movie? Very enthusiastic about that. So my take on this movie is that after Ruth collects her laptop, I think the movie should have ended and that would have been an amazing short film. It was funny. It was great humor. We had action. We had some good character development already. We had her get together with Tony, the team up. After he uh, got, he was sort of on her bad side. Then they worked mm-hmm. together, and then you got the goal. And then they were dancing at the end, and they were happy. And I thought, right there, boom! You hit the credits. That would have been an awesome short film. Hmm. And then we get introduced to 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 the bad guy. And yes, I have a lot of thoughts, but that's my first take. I think that if you cut it off there, it would have been awesome. An awesome 25-minute short film, fantastic. Uh, The issue that I have with introducing the villain, and I thought this right away once they introduced him, I did not want to know who the villain was at all in the story. I wanted this movie to be a situation where she goes to the house and she picks up the laptop. Then they give her this name to go to and then she has to follow the breadcrumbs and get to there and then we the audience are just along for the ride we don't know who's on the other side we are in the investigation with her and and we're just just following along sort of like in a video game you know where they're like oh check this out and you have to go to person a then to find person b then to find person c yeah i sort of wanted it to be like that because once the villain was introduced, I felt that we were going to run into this exact situation where we weren't really going to care about the backstory. And all the time that was spent on the villains and trying to get us to care about them and trying to give a backstory and trying to have us understand their motive would just be wasted. And that it, it would be much better spent either having us understand the villains when we get introduced to them or just make the movie a little bit shorter and cutting down some slow points. And so I I was definitely disappointed with the villain portion. Uh, The one piece, the one detail that I did love was the cat meat comment. If we go back to the start of the film, the the bad guy kind of felt invisible because he went in the house and he stole everything without her knowing and she was in the house. And then the same thing when he re-entered the house before she slapped him with his own shoe print. Uh, I thought that that was kind of a cool detail because I got that when he said it. And I was like, ah, no, it doesn't make sense now because we see him. But it makes sense from the start of the movie because we didn't see the initial robber. So that's kind of cool. And so that was one thing that I'll give him. But overall, incredibly disappointed with the direction that was taken with the villains. I think a, a different decision could have made the movie a lot better. I just thought, yeah, I think a lot of that just came out of nowhere. Like, her getting in with the shoe print. I mean, I guess that's kind of, like, funny in an ironic way. Like, he would die by his own shoe cast. Uh, And then, but, like, the guy dying by a snake bite just kind of made no sense. They just introduced the idea of the snake, like, five seconds earlier, and then all of a sudden he's getting bit by a snake. It's not like this kind of dramatic Chekhov's gun. Although I did think Chekhov's gun the minute they got a gun. <laughs> I was like, oh, that gun's going to get fired. <laughs> yeah, I think there's definitely some interesting things to talk about with the ending of this film. But before we get to that, I want to hand it over to Chad. What did you think about this film? Well, in general, I think everybody's made some 
very good and interesting points. Personally, I did not love the film. I think for a 90 minute movie, they tried to introduce a lot, touch on a lot, run through a lot. And I think it ended up leaving a lot of what we're talking about with the narrative and storyline being a little bit messy, the messaging being a little bit messy, the symbolism and takeaways being a little bit messy, just everything kind of feeling a little bit looser than I would have liked to see. And I mostly just because it's recent in my mind, but I kept thinking back to Shutter Island and I thought about how many different topics we talked about and how many different areas we hit on when we were discussing all of the different messaging and, and things that came out of watching that movie. And I kept thinking that you could tell was very tightly written and everything was kept very, very much in line with what they were going for. And it seemed like they knew what they wanted to do and they executed it very well. Whereas in, in this film, I felt like they had general concepts or themes that they were trying to hit on and they executed them fairly well in most cases and, and left lacking in others. It just seemed like it's a lot of genres. I mean, multiple villains in a 90 minute movie. There's a lot of like side tangents that we go on for a narrative that doesn't seem to go all that far, especially when it's, uh, that's almost like rise of Skywalker. Where it's like, go here, find this thing, go here, find this <laughs> thing, go here, find that thing. You know, like, that's it's not an unheard of storytelling device, but it's weird to me in such a short movie that there are so many tangents or diversions or we leave this main plot line so often. It, it feels like nothing goes anywhere when we go elsewhere outside of the plot. Mm -hmm. So uh, definitely some complaints in my mind from like a technical like overall like. I feel like we could have spent another a little bit more time in development with with the plot and with what we were doing here, but. I will definitely say there were definitely some parts of the film that I thought were really, really funny. Seeing Elijah Wood act in this role was hilarious to me. Like every single time he did anything on screen, I was like, this is awesome. Like, this is so funny. This is so stupid. Like, I yeah. love this. Like, what a great cast. And, you know, in, in general, there was like definitely some some scenes where I was like, oh, that's, a, you know, pretty neat, pretty interesting, pretty fun. And I I apologize for my my dog again, but it, oh, really good. good and bad, and um, definitely interested to hear more about what you guys enjoyed and didn't. Yeah, no, I th I think there's a lot of funny scenes to look back on, especially with Elijah Wood in particular. I laughed really hard when he was like, you know, acting like he knows a lot about forensics and like how to break into the internet, and he's like, you know, he's like on his computer for like 30 seconds, and then he's like, ah, here we are, and it's Google. <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> you're not even like on a website yet. You're like literally at the Google homepage, and you think like, here we go. I'm gonna figure out everything about this guy. <laughs> they actually do find out where he lives, which I think is even more impressive. Like, how is that actually available to you? But I just thought, I thought there were a lot of funny moments. But you're right there. There are parts that I think are not as tightly written um, in comparison to a Fargo or a Shutter Island. And of course, I'm sure this is like a smaller budget movie in a lot of ways. And I mean, actually, I don't know the budget off the top of my head. I'm just guessing. I mean, yeah, there are there are a lot of funny parts. And I have to I have to hand it to the movie did make me laugh several times. 
Although it moved, the movie also made me cringe. I don't know, made me cringe a lot, and also made me just vehemently angry at that girl with the gun who just like started killing people. She was just like pure evil. I feel like there was there were people in this movie who were like just normal people. The vast majority of people are just normal people, and then this girl who has absolutely no backstory at all is just pure evil. And I have no idea why or where she came from. And so is the dude. I mean, the dude is like also terrible, not as bad as the as the girl. But um, I just thought that that was like, man, I that that actually negatively impacted my enjoyment. Just thinking about how evil those people are. Yeah, speaking of a few things, um, one, not retouch on this subject too much, but going back to the Rise of Skywalker thing. That's why I think if we didn't know who the villains were, we would have been much more intrigued as to why we want to go this place rather than, you know, like a like a heat scenario where the good guy, the the one hunting the other meet two times. They meet once in the middle of the movie and then they meet at the end. And and we kind of ran into a scenario a little bit like that. And so, yeah, I think that's why I think that. But going back to the scene with the house break in on that scene i got very similar vibes to the end scene in once upon a time in hollywood now this came out before that but i got very similar vibes if anybody else has seen this movie i'm curious if you all felt that way but when they're sitting there and ruth is is knocking and they're sitting there with the masks i just got i got very similar vibes to that end scene uh, in once upon a time in hollywood I have not seen that movie, so I'm trying to. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil that movie. I don't know if you did or not. I took off my headphones, so I wouldn't hear what you were saying. But <laughs> jeez, um, no, I didn't really spoil it. I mean, it, one, if you know, if, if you know history, you kind of know the scenario that happens at the end of the movie. Um, I'm not going to spoil what actually happens, but all right, anyone who hasn't seen that movie, earmuffs historically accurate they don't have a flamethrower in the real events of that no 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 no, i'm not no 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 i said you kind of in the sense of you know you know that the uh you know that sharon tate gets murdered in that scenario obviously that doesn't happen at the end of it yeah no 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 but i'm talking in 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 the in in history you know what the result is so when when the scene starts you have an expectation of, oh, this is what might play out. Now, okay, I, I, okay, I'll stop. All that matters is is just for the break-in, just when they entered. That's all that it reminded me of. Okay, um, I thought okay, I thought you were referring to the end of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And no, having, okay, you're, no, I'm you're referring right. to the the more of the I guess ambiance isn't the right word, just the feel of it, where the 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 look of the mask. The way that both of them were handling guns in a way that they didn't normally, they didn't look like they normally handled weapons, um, where they got, you know, they were, I, I, I don't want to say more because David, you have, you have your headphones on, but it just had a similar feel. I'll leave it at that. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for uh, also, your thought, though. <laughs> I'm sorry. Also, I'm, I'm hunting for the budget of this movie. And I found it, and the budget, take any guesses? Da-da-da. 
8.5 million. No. Who else has guessed? No? 1.5 million. Oh, I was going to say 5. So. Oh, 1.5. This, this looks really good for 1.5. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe I wasn't far off with uh, them making a bottle episode. Yeah, honestly. I mean, the cinematography was pretty interesting if you look back on it. Like, they did a good job of introducing, like, bringing in hand cam, some good, like, still shots. Um, like, the special effects were pretty interesting as well. I mean, there was a lot of gore in this movie. And it definitely felt very real. I was going to say, I did really like the shot initially when the break-in and she's like walking down the hallway and then she takes a quick right and you see the knives on the wall and you just see her hand like pop and grab one and then she loops back around. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, there, there are definitely like a, a good number of interesting shots, especially like the very ending like we were talking about with the smoke around Elijah Wood. You think like she's seeing some angelic vision and then it just they pan out and it's like he's just chilling. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, really quick, we can go back to talking about the ending of this movie, because I think it's really interesting, because at the beginning, I don't know, I kind of felt like, and this is not fair of me to say, because the movie and everything, all the literature does note that she is depressed, so I think, I think knowing that now, I'm able to take this with a grain of salt, but in the moment, I felt like, yeah, people are jerks. Like, you got to just deal with it. I felt like this person's being a crybaby. Like, they're not facing the facts of the world because uh, maybe I'm just jaded. Um, but I, I just kind of like, you know, people are jerks and they're, you, the only thing you can do about it is be better yourself and make a better impact than them and be more positive than they are negative. Um, and And so then, like, at the end of the movie, when nothing has really changed other than like she's kind of found some solace in her adventure and her companions. It kind of left me feeling like, what was the point? What do you guys think? I think maybe she was in a rut with where she was at in life. I think there was a certain, she was talking about her depression, but I think it was also, she kind of got into the, the malaise of everything. And maybe that's why she felt that way whereas this was a fun kind of odyssey that she took down um was able to reflect on that and she ended up in a completely different spot than she was before um yeah 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 i was gonna say like this is just kind of a diversion to reset herself albeit you know with guns and water moccasins and uh yeah you know hitting people with silverware but you know say yeah Yeah. i did think it was really interesting like they do try to touch on these topics of hopelessness and like just emptiness, which is kind of in contrast with the whole religion theme where she talks about how like her grandma was like a great person and did lots of good stuff for the world. And now nobody even knows that except for her. So like, what was the point? And then she goes on to do some terrible things in my opinion. Like she goes to a, I mean, she she goes to retrieve her laptop and, like, beats up some people who are standing in her way. And she doesn't do it physically, but by proxy. And 
they didn't really do anything wrong aside from like buying from a shady shop. So I guess in that regard, they did something wrong. But then she goes to the shady shop and steals from them and they didn't do anything wrong aside from like accepting pond items without proof of receipt. But who has proof of receipt for a hundred year old set of silverware? So it's like, and then she beats up that guy too and then just drives away. (laughs) She did a lot of terrible things to those people who were not being the same level of assholes as the people in the intro which i think is really interesting all the people in the beginning are doing pretty dastardly things except for the guy at the bar of course but they're doing things that i would consider to be pretty rude or just overall you know selfish and then she goes and becomes that person and then at the end there's just no recompense for it it's kind of like what you were saying beard there where they take that and just flip it on its head like there's not really an ending theme here other than she's still kind of depressed and uh just having to deal with it just makes you makes you sit there and go like yeah rip (laughs) i think yeah i'm just pondering that last line well do you guys want to move into the scores then yeah i mean i'm good with that all right colin what did you rate this movie yeah, I gave this a seven and a half. All right. Yeah, it's a very low budget Fargo with a lot less introspective themes. I, I thought it was still pretty good. It was a fun ride, and I thought it was something definitely different. Um, even if you just want the, you know, the cost of admission was watching elijah wood be someone very different than what elijah Wood normally plays i think that's enough and i very much liked it so that's that's my score solid yeah no i think that's a great point beard what did you rate this movie it's kind of hard to rate this movie i uh i ended up giving it lots of fives sixes and sevens which was tough because there were like as i kind of said in my opening comments like there were there were things that did really well, but then for every good thing, there was kind of something like I didn't like as well in the same category. So it all kind of like evened out to like an average score, even though it did it did do things well. So, yeah, I, I, I had a hard time giving the plot better than like a six, given all mm-hmm. those like loose ends that we kind of felt like were not tied up. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, I think it did kind of suffer since it was a lower budget movie. Um, it's just like production quality just wasn't as like on par with other movies, which I like, I don't want to penalize it for, but then again, it's not like it was just like brimming with, you know, excellent cinematography and special effects in, in my mind. So there's that, but I did like give it a bump in artistry for that reason. Like, you know, it, it, like I thought it was, it, it was kind of shot in a style that was kind of unique or maybe not unique, but like kind of followed other similar movies or like those contemporary movies we were talking about. Um, so I, you know, I, I feel like it, it deserved credit there. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, 62 overall. All right. 62. Hunter, what did you rate this movie? All right. I gave this movie a worse than in Bruges. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I think Embruge was better than this. Um, as I mentioned, the first, I thought the first act, when from the start to when she finds that laptop, I thought it was so great. I was, I was like, this is gonna be an awesome movie. And then I just don't think that they could draw that out for much longer. I think they kind of captured 
that magic right there, that lightning in the bottle, and then they tried to make use of that for the rest of the runtime, and I, I just don't think that panned out. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed Bruges much more than this, and as well, I was <laughs> I was reflecting and thinking, you know, if I would have watched this with my mom, it would have been I would have been even a worse score because, <laughs> and I know she wasn't enjoying it, so I really have to watch Bruges alone and see how how that is versus with my family. So I don't um, understand why it, you had to, you know, drag in Bruges' name in this. Like, <laughs> what did Bruges do to you for this? And Bruges is a great movie. No, I think he's hyping in Bruges. He's saying it's better. He's like, oh, this one barely squeaked below in Bruges. That's an accomplishment. No, I said this this ranks are worse than in Bruges. What are you talking about? It's it's an accomplishment because your rating from Bruges is just so low. No. (laughs) I I, I say in Bruges because, remember at the start, this was compared to in Bruges and Fargo. So that's why I say this is worse than in Bruges because of that. I didn't mean it in a dragging through the mud kind of way. I meant it in like, you know, I thought this movie was all right, and it's I think it's worse than in Bruges. And so that's like saying in Bruges is better than all right. There we go. Mm. Yeah, actually, we should do a rewatch of in Bruges. We keep saying that. Let's. We we could substitute that out for there will be blood. We could do that next week. It's possible. Yeah. Possible. We could do that. Um, but in all seriousness, Beard, I think this is the closest we've ever been on a rating. I'm at 66. I think this might be the closest we've ever been. All right. Does that mean I need to bump mine down by like 10 points? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I gave it I gave it an 8 for, for soundtrack, and I gave it an 8 for <laughs> one reason. They were playing some fun rock music, and so I kind of enjoyed that. So I gave it an 8. Yeah, you know, I I kind of like the soundtrack too. I didn't I didn't talk about it in my ratings, but like there were a couple of songs I liked, so I took note of that as well. Yeah, I thought the soundtrack was one of the outstanding parts of this film. I also gave it an eight, so I totally agree with you there. Um, interestingly, sixty six is the score that I have given in Bruges in the past. Um, so I I again I've said this probably dozens of times at this point i will have to re-rate that movie after all the thought and stuff we've talked about it uh so don't take that as to say i still think it's a 66 but that's just what i originally rated it um chad what did you rate this movie well overall for a film that i felt had a lot to say i personally don't have much to say about it it did not really connect with me all that much. Didn't really make an impact on me all that much. It was, as we have said, it was pretty all right. I personally have no problem holding its budget limitations against it, mainly because we have so recently watched Napoleon Dynamite, which famously has a very low budget and exceeded all expectations for a film. So I will hold That's the budget fair. against it without any issue. And Overall, the one thing I want to point out about my ratings is that there's one scene that only that earned enjoyability a point back, and that is when the bodyguard Cesar, I think is his name, is running around the house, individually naming each room and calling them cleared. That was in my mind the funniest scene of the entire movie, where you can hear him distantly in the background, poolside balcony clear, and then the conversation would go on. Upstairs guest bathroom, clear. 
<laughs> I I I don't know why that was so funny to me, but that that scene had me dying, and I was like, I whatever this movie gets, I am adding on a point specifically for the way that this was portrayed. So, <laughs> Andrew, you do have to knock off about ten points because I came in at a sixty-four, and we are getting way too bunched up here in the mid to low sixties for this to be accurately well, rated. Wait, Andrew, did oh, you have a sixty-two? I said 62, yeah. You said 62. Chad says 64. Hunter said 66. And I come in with a 68. What? Oh, dang. We're all two apart. Oh, my gosh. Colin, do you want to bump down to 7 out of 10 instead of 7? Yeah. (laughs) Sure. All right. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) And Uh, it's still fitting because I I, I was at the bottom of everybody. Yeah, that that is very fitting, I think. And, And so was Chad. Chad was just above you. Um. So I, I gave this a movie an eight in artistry. I think artistry as well as soundtrack, special effects, those three categories, it definitely stood out to me. I mean, the fact like when she breaks her finger, it looks so real. And it just that part was like, ugh, it was painful to watch. And and I was in the same like I had the same expression she did. of just like staring at her finger being like, what? That just happened? Like this old guy just out of nowhere grabs her hand and just breaks her finger back like. That just totally shocked me. Uh, and I think that the special effects in that, as well as the other scenes that had special effects, like the the gore and the bus. I mean, the bus was probably, like, a little obvious that it was kind of CG'd. But um, I think that overall, the special effects are pretty good. The soundtrack I enjoyed and definitely gave it that kind of hometown feel. And then artistry overall, like... I can tell that they were, you know, doing a lot of interesting things here. Like I mentioned earlier, the cinematography and overall artistry was interesting to me. And I did have some thoughts afterwards that made me improve the score. So here we are, 68. And uh, I think that about wraps it up. You guys have any final thoughts? So what are your thoughts? Yeah, you, the person with the headphones on or the person that's listening to this while driving, you. What do you think? Did you see the movie? No? Okay. Well, after listening to the podcast, what are you thinking? All right. Cool, cool. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, I've got absolutely no clue what you're thinking, but I appreciate you All contributing right, <laughs> and engaging. That's pretty We'd cool. We'd love to hear from our listeners, uh, yeah, whether it's like behind-the-scenes questions anyway. or movie suggestions. What did you think of the plot of this movie? Do you enjoy dark comedies in general? Let us know by leaving a rating on Apple Podcasts or email us at ampedaboutmovies at gmail.com, which you can find in the description of this podcast. Additionally, we've recently opened up our podcast for listener support. If you enjoy what you hear and want to make it possible for us to keep watching movies, you can pledge between $1 and $10 a month to make that happen. That said, we appreciate you all, whether you're just listening or chipping into our funds. We hope this episode has gotten you amped about I don't feel at home in this world anymore. And we'll catch you next week when we discuss There Will Be Blood. And soon, when we rewatch In Bruges. <laughs> All right. Peace. Peace.